Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of the Digest and Invest podcast brought to you by eToro. I am Sam North, the trading school lead here in the UK, and I'm joined by the main man as usual, Josh Gilbert, our market analyst based out in Sydney, Australia. How are you, Josh? Good to have you on. Hi, Sam. Yeah, good. Thanks. Always great to be here. Hi, everyone as well. Thanks for for having me on as always. How are things going? Uh, anything interesting to, to report from the other side of the world? Well, the end is in sight for our lockdown in, in Sydney. So for those listening in Australia, you'll, you'll, you'll have felt my pain over the last hundred days it ticked over at the weekend. So you guys had it, you know, pretty bad over in the UK as well. So I can't, can't say too much, but yeah, Monday is freedom day. I can go back to the pub with my vaccination badge, get a beer, go to a restaurant, have some dinner again. Hopefully we're we're at the end of this sort of saga now. So yeah, good news uh, to start the week, I think. So yeah. and, and and Freedom Day is that a, a countrywide bank holiday? Or oh, I wish it was. Luckily, some obviously we're so big here, so some like areas of the the country are not in lockdown. So in Queensland, uh, they're just you know normal cracking on. New South Wales, we're in lockdown. I think Melbourne still is as well. I wish it would be a bank holiday, but we'll probably be back in another lockdown before long. So no one's no one's counting the chickens yet. So well, look, enjoy it, enjoy it. Our Freedom Day was a bit of a damp squid. Speaking of squid, I actually watched Squid Game uh, last night, which I, I recommend to on anyone. the list. Yeah, yeah, give it a go. It's great. It's great. Yeah. The only thing that gets me is I'm not, I'm obviously, unfortunately, I'm not bilingual. Um, so I struggle to watch things with subtitles on, but I've had a lot, so I'm going to have to give it a go. So Yeah, if you get yourself in the right frame of mind, I think it's okay. But yeah, if you're looking there to be on your phone the whole time as well, it's, it's going to be a no-go. Um, speaking of things that are topical, we like to keep the podcast topical. So with oil uh, back at level seen seven years ago, it's a bit of a throwback, actually. Uh, so we can cover oil. And let's also talk about NASDAQ, which I've got up on my screen to the right-hand side, which is is down a percent right now. Uh, so we can go through NASDAQ and tech. Uh, and then Bitcoin, Bitcoin hidden 50K. We've we, we got to talk about that as well. Yeah, sounds like a plan. I think we're going to have a, an interesting Q4. And I think we're going to have a lot to talk about as we head into the end of the year. Crypto prices are going to come up a fair bit, I think. Um, and yeah, you know, where, where are the S&P, you know, where the Nasdaq's going? Um, yeah, a lot of conversation for us to have, uh, like I say, in the last three months of the year. Yeah, and we will be reviewing the uh, the Q4 predictions at some point, <laughs> well, which we made uh, just the, the few days before the beginning of quarter three. Um, we might get the boot though. You know, we might get the boot off the yeah, potty <laughs> if we're nowhere near where we should be. So, true. well, yeah, if it's really bad, I won't do a session on it. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks. Um, my first ever oil trade actually was literally seven years ago to the day, and price was trading exactly where it was seven years ago as it was today, which is incredible. Um, it's almost as if nothing has happened in in those seven years. What's your what's your view on, on things at the moment, all things oil? That's a serious throwback. I see you're still keeping those those trading journals, keeping yeah. 
<laughs> keeping the logs. But um, yeah, WTI is sat around about $78 a barrel. And, and we've seen the, the recent rally in the last few days, particularly come after sort of OPEC decided to stick with its plan, 400,000 barrels per day uh, increase in, in the crude output for, for November. Um, so, you know, so far this year, oil has been one of the best performing asset. We've seen prices jump about 60% and that's ultimately been boosted by these tight supplies um, and the recovering demand globally. You know, Hurricane Ida essentially has, has pushed prices higher as well in that time. Um, you know, there's obviously been a lot of positives. I mean, a hurricane isn't a positive, but in terms of from, from oil's perspective, um, that, that sort of we had a shutdown of oil rigs in the Gulf of Mexico that hampered production. Um, Royal Dutch Shell, I think, are resuming production at one of its main U.S. Uh, Gulf of Mexico facilities this week after that was damaged by a storm. So, you know, there's a bit of positivity there, possibly coming back in, on the on the supply side. But I think the recovery and where we are now has, has sort of come much quicker than many expected, especially when you know going back nearly what 18 months we were in a negative negative area. Um, but most airlines, you know, reported a strong summer season. I was doing a piece today on, on airline and airlines and travel, you know, Ryanair in Europe are, are actually trading, uh, uh, you know, uh, prices that we're not even being able to see pre pandemic. They're close to sort of record levels. That's not, you know, the case across the whole travel industry. Um, but we're, we're seeing huge numbers. They reported about a hundred percent increase year over year in traveler numbers, um, jet fuel demand there is obviously helping the price more vehicles on the road through you know Europe and the US over that sort of summer season obviously we've just had the the fuel shortage chaos in the in the UK as well um, but yeah analysts at the Bank of America I was reading today are calling for higher prices as well um, they expect to see colder temperatures during the winter season um, you know obviously in that sort of northern hemisphere um, so you know I think where we are now, eighty dollars a barrel. Um, you know, I think around that level, it, it helps neither the users because obviously we've got higher costs. You're paying more for everything, um, nor the producers because it drives sort of substitution. But it's where we are sort of going, and with capacity tight and demand rising as virus eases and, and winter looms, that is sort of seemingly where we're heading. Can't remember the numbers that we put on our Q4 predictions for oil. Um, I think the last time we spoke about it, it was sort of around about sort of $69 a barrel. But I think at the time we probably expected OPEC to sort of increase the, the supply, which again, they've they've been um, been pretty tight on it. And maybe, you know, in November, the back end of the year, we will see it increase. I know Joe Biden's been calling for, for an increase in supply to sort of you know, bring down the price slightly. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. But it looks like at the moment, moving into the back end of the year, we'll continue to see higher prices. Yeah, we'll have to check where we uh, what we said. I don't. I'm not sure any of us had you know that sort of above eighty, but we'll check. We'll check and see. I mean, and I don't think we would have predicted Hurricane Ida coming through either. To <laughs> no, these black swan events are you know they're that, aren't they? You can't predict. Yeah. Um, couple of levels to be aware of. I, I went through this in the uh, the webinar, the Market Watch webinar yesterday, and, and actually oil was just reacted to one we had on, which was. Give or take 79.48, a few pips either way, a few cent either way. It's just a level from a high of a week back in 2014. And then above that, if it was to get through, 84.32, one for crude oil traders to mark up. Next for us to digest and potentially invest, pun very much intended, is the, the NASDAQ in tech. 
what are you what are you thinking about that is it a dip to buy or or is there still more to come I mean, you mentioned it a minute ago i'm just sort of looking with you yeah the us nasdaq is down like say about a percent on futures so far today um after market recovered quite nicely last night and the nasdaq had a nice little bounce it was up you know 1.78 percent i think um but ultimately you know I don't think we are completely out of the woods yet for tech, which we can obviously see with the future session that has sort of started today. Um, the FTSE's down so far today, about a percent as well. Um, futures on the, the S&P are down about um, 0.8%. So like I say, not completely out of the woods yet, um, but I'm going to throw back to you know Q1 of this year when we saw bond yields started to, to rise we saw a big sell-off in in tech then but to be honest i think tech has remained pretty resilient since that time you know i think we we did reach the the peak of values at that time we saw like you know neo teslas you know pretty much all of those high value growth stocks um or high you know high growth stocks were um were sort of trading at record levels there and, and probably you know heavily overvalued but ultimately we're going to face another test again now for tech um and i did a webcast yesterday and um, i asked you know most people about the sort of the nasdaq dip you know if it drops 10 percent, 20 percent, what would be looking to buy and i think most were looking for pullbacks in names like nvidia and google you know strong names they've done really well this year um but just looking for a slightly better entry point you know because i think one again if you're looking at nvidia now and google you probably say they're trading a sort of fair value they deserve to be at these levels the, the sort of revenues revenue increase that they've had this year profits that they're sort of turning um so if they do sort of come off those levels where they are now you know it does open an opportunity but we are now again seeing that sort of sector rotation happening um you know we're seeing profits in tech being taken investors moving out of that sort of high uh, high risk high risk assets such as growth moving into energies and financials we obviously spoke about oil and how well that's done and we can see investors moving into energy we've obviously now got to contend with the the possible fed taper announcement in november as well so that's uh, something else to contend with you know away from the nasdaq the s&p dropped about 4.8 percent in september that was its worst performance since march 2020 obviously the covid covid crash um and then if we compare the nasdaq now i mean in terms of the sell-off in q1 after the rise of the yields we saw that 10 percent sell-off from the nasdaq in q1 um and that rotation happened to cheaper more more growth sensitive value sectors like i mentioned financials commodities um the, on the opposite of that the S&P offset was offset by tech weakness and climbed about 6% because of the positivity in financials and commodities so if we do see the Nasdaq um you know shed you know 9 10% we could then be looking at you know a bit of positivity from the S&P in the back end of the year possibly even the Dow um you know with that sort of more value focus for me i guess you know the 14000 level is probably going to be quite key We'd be looking at sort of a five percent sell-off from where we are now sort of get to that level might even be sort of four percent now uh, with futures down today um and that would then put us off about 11 to 12 percent off of the the highs and you know again that then opens up an opportunity um but from your point of view sam are there any sort of levels areas that you've got your eye on yeah it's that that fourteen thousand level it, it's it's so key you've got the 200 day moving average around there you've got the previous all-time high from may as well so 
yeah, I, I think we, we can get there. However, for us to get there, there's a year-long trend line on the NASDAQ, which I'm sure people have seen. Head over to my Twitter if you haven't. So if we do break that, you could argue that a new you know, medium to long-term trend starts, and that, of course, would be to the downside. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of levels I've got my eye on. And uh, as a long-term bull, it's, it's quite strange to say, but I'm almost excited uh, about any more potential downside because you mentioned Google uh, and other stocks there. You know, there are a few of these big uh, tech sort of big cap stocks that if we are to have a bit more of a dip, they offer a great opportunity to buy lower down. And like you said, look for a better entry point. So, yeah, there's a few that I'm really keeping an eye on and maybe we can discuss as we, we go through through the weeks. Um, so, yeah, eyes very much on. And as you mentioned at the time of recording, 8.30 UK time, the Nasdaq down just over a percent. So it's going to be an interesting Wednesday, to say the least. Um, speaking of, uh, of of people that might be happy, I mentioned I, I would be if, if stocks come a little bit lower. Uh, there are certainly people that are happy that a certain market has gone higher. So there will be many happy hodlers in the crypto world maybe none more so than the Shiba army shout out to the Shiba army that replied to every single tweet that he Toro sent uh they peppered us to say the least so congratulations to them but let's uh let's focus primarily on on bitcoin here which you know 50k yesterday all is well yeah we'll start with the Shiba army why not hey they'll be happy won't they um up 200 percent in the last seven days so yeah definitely definitely be happy but yeah, Bitcoin back at 50K, that, as you said, will please a lot of hodlers. Uh, back at that level for the first time since sort of September, having a quick look now, trading at 51,350. And, and interestingly enough, you know, Bitcoin has, has driven higher whilst alts have lagged. We haven't seen that for a long time. Usually when Bitcoin drives higher, alts tend to follow, but also we're seeing maybe a traditional crypto cycle where uh, Bitcoin you know, tends to lead that dominance. We then see Ethereum outperform. Uh, then that's when we start to see, okay, Bitcoin trending higher, but then alts start to sort of follow as well. So that's sort of the, the, the usual trend that we get with crypto. And I wonder if we're sort of back in that again. We saw that when we hit all-time highs at the start of the year and when alts sort of really took off. So it looks like we're sort of back in that level again. But I think there are a few factors here um, as to why we're back at that level. I think it was only, you know, last week we were closer to, to sort of 40,000 and 50,000. The first is the SEC and the Fed have all sort of discussed this week about the banning of, of crypto assets and Bitcoin. And they said that they won't. They won't do it like China. And that's hugely positive, especially as we know, you know, especially the, the Fed, they're probably very wary of crypto assets. Um, the SEC are probably still pretty unsure on crypto assets as well, but to, to flat out say, you know, they're not going to ban it, that's pretty positive. The second, I think, is the discussion of the Bitcoin ETF. And I should say it's the Bitcoin futures ETF. You know, there's now a high possibility that, you know, the SEC are likely to approve an ETF within the next few months. You know, and some have said that as early as October, I was sort of reading today that somebody familiar with the matter, we always like that, familiar with the matter has said that um, the SEC are in line to, to possibly ex accept a Bitcoin futures ETF within the next month. Um, so the difference here is it's not a spot ETF, but just a futures ETF. So slightly different, 
But I think a Bitcoin ETF will allow that sort of institutional adoption to sort of continue, even if it's just a futures product. It's a much easier way for the everyday investor to access crypto assets. Um, and Bitcoin futures themselves won approval, or won, won formal approval in December 2017. And what was that? Well, that was just before we saw record highs of, of 20,000. So, you know, could we be in line for, for new record highs? We'll have to wait and see. But again, lots of positivity um, coming from you know crypto. Now Brazil is set to accept Bitcoin as legal tender following in the steps of El Salvador. That's set to be officially announced in the next sort of week or two. Sort of news came out about that today. Uh, El Salvador has mined its first Bitcoin using energy from volcanoes. First time that's ever happened. And again, helping that ECG element of, of Bitcoin. Um, which we sort of struggled with. Again, that's why Tesla stopped accepting it in the first place. Um, but I think we're sort of really uh, growing now. We have um, we have a mining facility in, in Norway, which is 100% built on renewable energy. Lots of positives there. So I, I do think that crypto likes an end-of-year rally as well. Um, I'm not sure it's going to go plain sailing. I think we're going to see a lot of volatility. We're seeing the volatility come through in equity markets. Uh, and I expect that to come through in, in crypto markets. We'll probably, you know, trade under 50K again, um, especially if we don't sort of break 54, 55,000. That's when we can, you know, fall under 50,000 and go stay in that 40,000 level for a while. Um, and ultimately, we're also going to have to contend with regulation. Um, that's a still a big part to play. We see the SEC discussing crypto more and more and more. Um, it's coming up in conversation a lot more frequently. And I do think... You know, with all of that, you know, said, we are back in a bull market, and I think we could close to new all-time highs in the next three months, year end. I think going back to our year-end prediction, Sam, I think I said that we would be testing the all-time high of sixty-four or thousand. A lot of people have got you know numbers on on a hundred thousand. Um, I think that's optimistic, and I'd love it to sort of get to that level, um, but we'll have to see. I think there's going to have to be a real catalyst uh, for us to get to that price. And we do also have the the taproot upgrade for Bitcoin coming through in November as well. So lots of positives out there right now for crypto and, and specifically Bitcoin. Yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting Q4. I'm really excited for, for the crypto world. I think it's going to be be a fascinating one. And and like you said, it hasn't. It, I mean, look, the, the Nasdaq was, you know, is touching, you know, what, three month lows and, and Bitcoin has, has been, had the last sort of week and a bit pushing higher. So that correlation isn't there. So if, even if the Nasdaq was to to break down big today, is Bitcoin going to follow it? Well, potentially not. So, yeah, interesting one there. Um, thanks for, for making it this far, everyone. If you if you have done so, we actually, as of a couple of weeks ago, have launched a crypto uh, webinar on uh, on the eToro Academy. So do head over to the Academy to check that out and, and much more uh, as well. Uh, but look, thank you very much, Josh, for, for joining. Uh, enjoy Freedom Day. Thank you very much. I'll, uh, I'll let you know all next week how nice the beer was. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Take care, guys, and have a good one. You've been listening to Digest and Invest from eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.